0: Welcome to Listening to Paint Drive with Mike and Dan, a podcast about the art and hobby of miniature painting. I'm Mike, and thank you so much for joining us on our continued quest to become better, braver, happier painters. Today, Dan and I are super excited to welcome a fantastic painter and an awesome streamer. Um, Would you please welcome to the show, Zambies Decays? Zambies, thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: You know, um, it's interesting. I, it, it, the first thing that caught me about it was your name because I, uh, it's, a uh, been a running joke in my house for about 10 years, uh, about preparing for the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and my middle child constantly goes, Zambies, the Zambies are coming, you know, it's pretty funny. But, uh, the other thing that caught me was your fantastic artwork that, um, so we're really super pleased to have you here to talk about, uh, your hobby life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, as we get started, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about your hobby origin story? I know that people go through these a lot, but uh, I'm never sure our genres cross a, a cut across Warhammer and Dungeons and Dragons and figure painters and stuff. So uh, just if you could give us our, our listeners a, a, a something about how you got into this crazy, silly toy painting hobby.
1: yeah um so i am originally origin story a traditional artist illustrator and graphic designer and i started streaming on twitch uh with game streaming i was streaming warcraft and path of exile diablo and all of that when transitioning over into illustration I went to a friend's um, Twitch channel who is a comic book artist and he was hosting a miniature painter and I was curious. So I clicked on it and I started watching and interacting with the community, asking questions about the hobby and I really wanted to get a taste for it. So I bought a learn to paint kit and I started painting and long story short, I absolutely fell in love, and it has been a passion of mine for the past almost three years now. Um, I don't see myself stopping. I'm absolutely in love. I started with more D&D miniatures, but um, I got introduced into Warhammer, and I'm really loving Warcry right now. So the tabletop gaming aspect came after the painting, but I love both
0: nice that that you you just open kind of a whole host of, of questions there so um i guess I, i'll i'll do the how um did the graphics design and illustration background um how was that translating that to miniature painting uh was there was it a smooth transition or did, were there things that you had to learn etc et
1: I think a lot of people assume that if you are good in one area of an art field, it will translate into another. And yes, it has things like color theory and um, composition and certain basic principles to art and design that you can apply to miniatures. But at the same time, I wasn't used to painting 3D and um learning you know I had used heavy body acrylics and you have to learn small scale like I have painted canvas before but painting small little details and all of that there are a lot of techniques that you aren't necessarily going to pick up on right away or be good at and you have to learn a different type of medium so they're I may have a leg up some people say than other people starting the hobby, but it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be really good at this just because I use a different art form.
0: Now, um, were, were things like, uh, I guess when I first thought, of, thought about that question um, I was thinking like, are there, um, I, I, you know, everybody uses this phrase like volumetric highlighting and, and, and such and, um, was that like a similar approach in 2D as in 3D, or because I know you're still trying to paint three-dimensional shapes on a two-dimensional surface? Um, but on a three-dimensional surface, does that do those same kind of rules still apply?
1: I think yeah. I think the basic prim- principles of all art and design are like cross all mediums apply, and you just have to learn to tweak them slightly for working weather 2d and 3d but I definitely think that yeah learning certain things volume contrast composition color theory all of that uh definitely helps and is totally transferable into minis
0: do you feel like you are a narrative style painter or um what kind of behind like I know for me, uh, I typically, I, I can't finish a miniature unless I have the story in my head. Um, do you focus on narrative or is it color exploration? How, how do you kind of uh, focus on your miniatures?
1: I think it depends on the model and what I'm doing it for versus tabletop. Um, a lot of my pieces are experimental just for fun um, or comp- or for competitions or anything like that. But Overall, I love building bases and a narrative. I love storytelling. When I look at a model before I start, I'm always like, how do I want to do this? Do I want to just play with color and try things out? Or do I want an emotion? Do I want to tell a story with this piece? And most of the time I do. Like I want this piece. I don't focus too heavily on technique And more on making something convey a certain message, whether that's an atmosphere or an emotion, something like that.
0: Nice. Now, are there... uh, Let's start with non-miniature painters. Um, Are there... Who are some of your influences from the non-miniature painter art world?
1: Ooh. um, I think I like to take a lot of influence from things that you wouldn't think would maybe uh, influence miniatures like one of my favorite artists is actually um alex gray not to be confused with the miniature painter most people might know him from doing like the cover art and stuff for the band tool but he is a fantastic Artist and I like um, all the detail work he does. I'm I love detail work as being an illustrator. Um, I do a lot of line work. That's the type of art I like personally for my style. Um, and I do transfer that over into miniatures as well. Uh, there's a wonderful sculptor named Beth uh, Cavender. I think I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, she takes animals. And uses like human turmoil and emotion and psychology, and applies that into animal form, and some of her pieces can be slightly disturbing, but also extremely beautiful at the same time. so I really like uh her work there's oh, now I'm put on the spot trying to think of um sorry <laughs> no no no, those are the two that come off the top of my head, like Asher. I like those styles. I really just love it. It'd be
0: really interesting to see somebody try to do something Escher-esque in miniature form. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of those ones that's like somebody's like, I've been working on this for 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Um, Well, what about in the world of miniature painting? Um, Are there particular artists that that you look at and get inspired from?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, The, like, One of the most known that I think a lot of people go to is uh, Roman LaPotte. I absolutely love his color and just like raw emotion in his pieces. Um, Kaha, her style is amazing. Um, I I absolutely love her work. Uh, Color
0: explosion. That's the only way I could describe her work. It's just so gorgeous.
1: As like an oil slick, like liquid dream state. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, it uh, was absolutely. She just won a demon, right? With that, she won with her, yeah, I actually yeah. got
1: to meet her at Adepticon. Nice, and lovely.
0: I can imagine. Yeah, that when I saw that Sigvald and saw it with the demon, I went, "Really?" GW actually recognized what that. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and then uh, I guess I don't know if you saw the uh Alexandra from Craft World Studio did the crazy kind of I, I don't even know how to describe what she did for the Chaos Cultist mm-hmm. that was just I don't know, it was in the I, I love people that play with color. So um Yeah, I love <laughs> their
1: their color palette and just Ah, yeah. I, mean, I love looking at their stuff. And mm-hmm. um I would say Sam Lens is a good friend of mine, and he has always inspired me with basing as well mm-hmm. and pushing that and storytelling so I love his work
0: yeah sam's a sam is a friend of the show, so uh, absolutely yeah, we, we agree we we love sam and and roman as well roman R- roman uh i don't know if you've ever had a chance to, but if you do if you ever get a chance to take a class with him they're changing. it's like life changing even his beginner's class is you know, we were sitting in a class with complete noobs, uh, people that are figure painters, people that are golden demon winners, and 30 people in the class and he manages it like it was, just you know, no big deal, you know, and it's just amazing. So but I wish there-
1: that we could like, there's so many artists that are outside of the United States that I wish there was like a bridge, like a gap to find more ways to meet them, because outside of Adepticon, which not everybody can go to, and right. I don't foresee flying to the u k anytime soon unless I get a free plane ticket there, you know,
0: right, yeah, I know I know that for sure, yeah, I just put one in college, I got two more coming going to college at some point soon, so I'm like, yeah, the Monantoovino is gonna have to wait, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably to the point where I won't be able to see miniatures anymore, but uh um old people's eyes. Um, so I, I guess kind of along the same vein, um, what is a recent project that you've done, um, that you were just like, you know what, I'm just gonna play with colors, slap some paint on and see where it goes.
1: Ooh, um, I was gonna say how recent are we going? <laughs>
0: it doesn't matter. No, it's fine. Okay. And I understand that, you know, there, there are probably cycles in your painting where yeah. you're like, Oh crap, I got to get ready for a tournament or games or, and so are, you know, painting stuff for war crime might take priority, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm working my way through the new heart of girl box right now. So I'm <laughs> like, that is what my mindset is on. And I'm not really totally playing with color with that one. Right. But I, I know I've said it plenty of times, but this is the piece that always sticks out in my mind because I'm. It, it came at a certain point in my life that I just have so much raw emotion with it, was my apples bust because I challenged myself. I didn't use white or black on the model at all, and I mixed a lot of colors, and a lot of the shadows are just purple. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of playing with different things. And then also... I did a Pride Marine for um, a charity event for the Trevor Project, and I decided to do like a non-metallic gold, Mm -hmm. but I did it with purple shadows as well, because I just love purple shadows. So it was purple, orange, and yellow for the gold, and... I kit-bashed it. I put a female head on it. Oh no, for a space marine, um, <laughs> and I put wings on it, and I just made it fabulous. And it had rainbows, and it was ridiculous, but it was just a color explosion of fun, and I, mm-hmm. I loved that.
0: Ridiculous isn't always bad. Ridiculous yeah. can be totally awesome, but That's I like, keep I love
1: hearing ridiculous. The,
0: I, I keep hearing purple, and the only thing I keep thinking of, I'm like, you must know Michael Proctor. You know, like yeah, he's, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> he's a purple addict, right? Um <laughs> Yeah,
1: green and purple are my favorite colors. So they yeah. always end up either both of them or one on a model. It's very rare. Do I have a model that doesn't have purple or green somewhere on it?
0: Mm-hmm. So it sounds like we need to get you a Joker bust. <laughs> <laughs> have some fun with pur- purples and greens for sure. Um Is there a color... Um, that you find particularly challenging. Um, I know like for me, ye- yellow, it's just, ugh, and I'm trying to paint uh, a bell for my 13 year old. And I'm like, oh my God. And her dress is yellow. So it's like, <laughs> what color should the shadows be? Ooh. So,
1: I used to think it was yellow, but I've actually been painting more yellow lately. And <laughs> honestly, I think the color that I like and I use, but like a bright neon orange is always annoying to me because it Mm -hmm. takes so much longer to work with like i can get yellows to work and reds can sometimes be annoying but i feel like a lot of yellows maybe it's the paint i use just need a lot of coats in order to make it nice and smooth and coverage wise
0: now um is there um as you've uh, gone along your, your hobby journey um and even it could be including from when you were Switching, transitioning from graphics and two dimensional art uh, to the three D art. Um, what are some of the struggles, uh, or not? Struggles is the wrong word. Um, what were, I guess, some of the difficulties uh, that you faced? I know our li- the, our listeners really relate to these because it makes them feel not alone when they're like, "Oh my god, I can't get glazing," you know, or uh, things along those lines. Were Were, were there any uh, techniques or? Uh, could be anything that that you kind of felt were a bit challenging. Babe, that was a good word, challenging.
1: I feel like everyone always says this, but non-metallic metal always threw me for a hoop for a bit. And the funny thing is I just don't like painting metal in general, even metallics. I'm not a big fan of metallic paint. Um,
0: Preaching to the choir.
1: Yeah, I just... <laughs> so... For to kind of like, I haven't mastered non metallic metal yet, but in order to get out of the little like blockage I had in my brain of grasping that concept, was actually the fact that I was trying to do it in black and white mm-hmm. and I struggled with that. So as I started doing it in color and just doing colored metallics, my brain clicked better with that. So I think it was that. And starting out glazing was, was a bit of a thing for me because I didn't use it too much when actually painting. And there was a big gap. Like I, I digitally, or I traditionally painted in my teens and stopped in my early twenties. And then there was like a whole 10 year decade where I just did digital work. So then I, when I went into the hobby, um, I still, I was rusty. I didn't you know, I hadn't painted in a while, so now whatever I did know about thicker, heavy body paints, I had to apply with thinner paints. So getting used to, like, glazing and, like, wet blending came easy to me. I love wet blending, but certain types of layering and stuff like that, you you know, how the paint breaks down when you thin it. Right. That, those were different things to kind of get over.
0: Mm-hmm. And I feel like canvas painters have a tendency to use more mediums than miniature painters too. Like you get more glaze medium and retarder medium, etc. from from canvas painters. Now, were you mostly just an acrylic canvas painter or uh, did you do oils or watercolor?
1: Um, I, d- I like watercolor and every once in a while I still do them, but it's not my strong suit. Um, mm-hmm. I did do oils. Uh, I have oils and I've been dying to try them on a miniature. I haven't done it yet. Uh, but I was mostly acrylic and then mm-hmm. some bit of oil for about a year or two
0: mm-hmm. so that's so that 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 might that's on a bucket list oil to mini, a miniature painting
1: yeah nice. I think the problem with me is uh I can be a little impatient sometimes because I jump around the model all that like all over mm. where I work on one little area and then I'll go to the next area. And I don't care if I spend like 20 hours or a hundred hours on a model, but in that moment, like, okay, it's dry. I'll work on this and I'll work on that with oils. You, you have to set it down and you can't for a while. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the only bit that's kind of keeping me away from oils. Cause I need to set a block of time out to actually play with them.
0: Right. Yeah. I think for me, I'm a, uh... I'm a momentum painter and I feel like oils would totally crush my momentum if I had to exactly. stop and, and and wait. And then mm. I wait a couple of days for something to dry. And I've mentally moved on to another project at that point.
1: For sure.
0: mm-hmm. um, so um, do you do commission style work at all? Or is, uh, um, like, if so, what kind of commission
1: work do you do? Um I do I have commissions open for um my patreon only, mm-hmm. and it's basically on pieces that it I opened it up because people requested it and I wanted the ability to paint things that I normally wouldn't just buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'd be nice to paint and then other people would have my work. but i don't I don't do armies because I like like I have my own. And I'll paint those, but I hate batch painting. I'm not a big fan of it. It has to be in small little sets of like, okay, 10 models. All right, we take a break. We'll work. Like I I finished 99% of Curse City. And by the end of it, I was like, ugh, I don't want to paint this anymore. Like I love these models, but the momentum's gone. I'm over it. So... Yeah, I need I definitely need breaks. So I prefer one-off models and those can be anywhere from like small little tabletop models to um display pieces as well. But I don't like um I pick and choose. Like if I don't <laughs> feel like my heart's not in it and that's not a model I'm going to enjoy painting, I won't take the commission because I feel as though I wouldn't give it my best.
0: Right. That's cool. No, I I totally get it, and, I, and I'm finding more and more commission painters are are that way. You know, if the model doesn't speak to them, or if it's something that they they would feel would be laborious, then they're kind of, they kind of pass on a commission, and make and, and that makes a lot a, a lot of sense. Um, so let's skip a little bit and talk uh, uh, kind of about your tools, um, brush. I, I, you know, we always have that war about you know, Winsor Newton, Raphael, Monument. Broken Toad, Rosemary and Company, and just could go on for days because every time we turn around, there's a new brush company. Uh, do you have your kind of favorites or your, your reliable ones that you use?
1: So I, I'm i one of those people that 90% of my work on a model is done by big synthetics that I buy at the hobby store, nice. like cheap brushes. Um, and all I say is if they've got a thick belly and a pointy tip, they work for me. I will use and abuse them. I'm not very nice to my brushes uh, because I just, I usually work with anywhere from a size eight to a size six, depending on the model, get all the bulk work done. And then I'll go back in with a smaller detail brush. And I do have a few sables and those are either monument or I had some Windsor newton Now I've mm-hmm. heard really good things about Broken Toad and Rosemary. I just have never used them. Mm-hmm. They haven't been available for me to buy. Um, and I just haven't pulled the trigger on buying them online. So I would like to try other brushes, but I'm just that type of person where I do know that certain tools will help make a process go easier or faster. But at the same time, I'm comfortable working with synthetics and cheaper brushes, it's just mm-hmm. my, like, I know how to handle them. I know how to work with it. I'm comfortable, so I just do it. I don't feel like I need to buy into, like, a more expensive brush. Maybe if I try it and I'm like, I really like this, I, I would change my mind.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, well, I guess along the same lines, so are you uh, a, a high snap or a, a softer brush painter?
1: Um, I prefer a brush that is firmer. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like a brush to be able, like, I move it, and then it holds, because I feel like sometimes when the brushes are too soft, that they don't, um, they just bend. Like, they don't, you don't have as much control. I, If it's a little stiffer, I can work with it, and I think that's because I do have a very light touch mm-hmm. when it comes to painting, especially with detail. I just, like, you know... When you hover over the model, mm-hmm. where you're like you're not actually touching it, and then finally you touch it, I kind of like I'm that style of painter until I get right there yep. with it. So practice would, swings, yeah, practice swings. <laughs> <laughs> so I I prefer a firmer brush than a softer okay. one.
0: Uh, awesome. Now, do you have uh, any of the hooked synthetics that you use to get in? weird places
1: yeah everyone's like oh no the synthetics hook and when they hook then they're just a different type of tool like that's how you dot eyes or you get around corners for edge highlighting you just right. learn how to use it once it hooks
0: right i was giving uh, feedback to somebody at uh ReaperCon and we were talking about how to get into the details and i was trying to explain to them don't sometimes you can't just <laughs> go to the detail right sometimes you have to like put the brush next to the detail and kind of slide it in on the model as opposed to trying to go in a head person. I'm like, these, t- I pulled out a hooked <laughs> synthetic and I was like, see, this is even better because it's got a little hook on it and you don't have to push as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, and that's, uh, I, I, but I also get yelled at for hoarding paintbrushes by my wife because I have some, you know, massive <laughs> stack of them. Oh, I don't <laughs> throw them away. Like yeah.
1: unless the brush is literally disintegrating and falling apart they go in my texture aisle or Mm -hmm. like little yeah i have a little row there and um yeah use them for texturing use them for basing use them for adding glue stirring things i i don't like throwing things away because i feel like it's going to end up in a landfill unless i've got the most use out of it as i could
0: Nice, nice. So let's switch to the uh, next part of this then. Um, are there particular paints that you prefer, or are you just a, like me, I shop for color, not for paint? Um, but, um, ah, you got a puppy, huh? I do,
1: sorry. <laughs> no, don't
0: apologize because I've got two enormous ones that at some point will, a leaf will fall and they'll need to tell me.
1: So. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> so don't worry about that. She That's... Sounds
1: very scary, but she's not. <laughs>
0: What type of dog is?
1: It? Uh she's a German Shepherd.
0: Nice. Ah, so you're a bigger dog person too, then?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I have a, a Lab Great Dane mix, and then a Rhodesian Ridgeback mix, and so they're both. uh one is 110, and the other one's 85 pounds. So. Oh,
1: wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No big bull. Bo- I I I love I love big dogs. Like you know what is m- my kids bought me a shirt. I love big mutts, and I can't lie. I cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I totally get it. <laughs> The nice thing about Zencaster, it'll give me uh, two audio files. And so I'll be able to... Okay. (laughs) It'll it'll still be in the background, but I'll be able to... I'm not that sophisticated, but I know there are people that can take all that stuff out. But um, it'll be able to... It'll mute down and nobody cares because COVID changed the new normal. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And so, yeah. Half the time, my wife's doing dishes or something in another room or... So it's lucky that we're doing this during the day. Um, all right, let me get back to my train of thought. So we just talked about brushes, ah, paints. Oh, yes. uh, what uh, Can you talk to me what type of paints you use or prefer? I know you had started out with heavy body acrylics. Now it's interesting because that's kind of where uh, the fancy pants side of miniature painting is going these days uh, with scale 75 and people, a schminkel, a schminkel or schminky, I'm not sure which one. Roman uses those. So now everybody wants to use those too. Um, But uh, what kind of paints do you prefer?
1: So I do have heavy bodies that I will um, use medium and thin down and use every once in a while. But most of the time I first started out on Reaper paints. Mm -hmm. Um, They were affordable and easy to get into the hobby with. And I still like them. I like them a lot. Um, I then started um, using Vallejo Model Color, which I still use. I love those, um, especially for wet blending, basing. I mix them into other paints. I really love those. Then I went into Pro Acryl. I got Mm -hmm. a taste for them. I like the Pro Acryl. And right now I'm really loving P3. I Mm -hmm. absolutely love P3 paints. Um, I haven't. I'm not like a brand loyalist. I, I am sponsored by Reaper and Pro Acryl because I like them
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I enjoy their paints and the company as well. But I think that people kind of limit themselves to only one brand um, aren't like opening themselves up to other tools or things. And I think that every brand has pros and cons and fits different people's styles And you can use them for different applications. So I like to try all paints and see what I like and what I don't like. And I haven't really tried much outside of there. I've tried some Turbo Dork. I like their paints, but I'm not really a metallic, shiny paint person. So they don't really fit my style of painting. But I think situational, I've used them on um, spells and stuff like that. So they work really well there. I like them.
0: (laughs) 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 photo <laughs> yeah. uh
1: she's trying to warn me something's out there I'm sorry um, it's okay I've used some technical paints from Citadel and I like those I haven't really bought into their actual paints just because of their price point yep yeah. and I I use army painter washes I haven't used their actual paints so I like trying things I am mm-hmm. totally open to trying many different types of paints but there are certain ones that I like to gravitate to for um, certain things like blazing i love using reaper for that and wet blending i like the p3 and the vallejo you know there's like okay what am i gonna do here i'm Mm -hmm. gonna use these paints they work better you know
0: now are there uh, are there colors uh that you find make your way Mm -hmm. uh, make their way to your palette often like i know uh (laughs) deck tan from model color and burgundy wine from reaper are constantly on my palette. And I don't even remember how I put them when I put them on there. Uh, Burgundy
1: wine is a favorite of mine. I love adding it to dark shadows. And that is, yeah, that one's definitely on there. Um, I haven't used it too much lately, but Vallejo buff is always a big one. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a beaten purple from P3, which I use so much. I love that color. Nice. Uh, I believe a yellow green from Pro Acryl is a new one that I keep using because it's like an olive color and I love that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there are definitely certain paints that I'm always like, what am I going to use? Yeah, this is definitely like olive flesh from Pro Acryl is usually my go-to when I'm highlighting. Mm-hmm. Like I'll mix that into everything.
0: Right. And a lot of people use sunny skin tone from Vallejo the same way as well. So yeah, that's cool. No, I'll have to remember that olive flesh because I need to put an order in on Monument. I have, I have a few of their paints. I haven't really, I have so many paints, and I just have been trying not to, because I I'll find something I like about them. And that'll be how I justify it, you know, like justify buying them. Uh, so it sounds like you haven't had, you know, I know the kind of the hot one out there right now is the Chimera colors. Have you had a chance to try them at all? Or
1: I actually have. So uh, Jerry's still out on those. I did a whole write up on my Patreon about my opinion and I walked through the steps on how I use them. Now, in all fairness, I got the paint secondhand. hand. Um mm-hmm. I didn't buy them. Um, A friend used them and was like, I don't really like them because they don't fit my painting style. Not that they're bad paints. It's just, yeah, there's definitely, they're the type of paints that they handle differently than others. So I I think if I played with them more, I would like them. Their color, the pigment is gorgeous, but I feel as though they benefit a lot from zenithal highlighting and Using them in a certain way, and I don't zenithal highlight very often, mm-hmm. uh, just because I am very bad with using my airbrush. Like 90% of everything I do is a hand brush, I will sometimes prime with my airbrush, and that's it. Um, I gotta get better with it and using it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they to me they kind of work like inks or um, mm-hmm. high pigmented watercolors in the way that I feel like how the brush handles them. So I don't know if I just need more experience, but they're not my comfort zone.
0: Right. No. And I get it. And that's what I, I feel like one of the things too, that we try that, um, you have like almost all the paint conversations kind of need to be, um, caveated with that. There are, I hate to say it this way. There are, Chimera paints are probably a more advanced paint. It's something probably you shouldn't start with. And really, a lot of people shouldn't start with scale 75 paints either. Or uh, I don't know if you've ever used Andrea, but those are like dropper bottle that are basically like heavy bodies. They are so thick and fragile, um, as I learned. Um, And then you have kind of like the Citadel and the Army Painter, which are kind of more easier access to painting type type paints and that and none of them there's no i hate army painter paints but i love their shades you know like so there's something there's something for everybody in all these lines for sure um i've
1: never used uh scale 75 um and i've never used army painters actual paints so mm -hmm. i always tell people some people give me negative reviews on them and I just, I've never bought them or use them. So I don't have my personal opinion for right. that. I do like their washes though. And I do use their washes.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah you know like, like you said there's something something in there for uh for all different types of painters um so let's talk a little bit about that airbrush thing there uh, that you <laughs> want to get better I at so in the room. <laughs> uh, so you know one of the things i always ask uh, artists is like uh what are areas you want to improve in and then so here we go there is mm-hmm. th- there's our segue into it so um what type of airbrush do you have um and it's kind of what's going on with it why haven't you used it more <laughs>
1: So the thing with me, the airbrush, I have a Patriot 105, and Mm -hmm. um, it was given to me because everyone was like, you know, an airbrush should make things really a lot easier, and people are right, and I need to be better with it. I like using it. It's great. It's quick, easy for priming. Um, I would like to actually, like, I have sometimes larger pieces or even skin work, and, like, just airbrushing would be nice Mm -hmm. to do that the problem is I hate cleaning it and I hate taking it apart and I hate putting it back together. And it's really the care aspect that I I need to just have someone sit, like I've watched videos and, Mm -hmm. you know, impending Duff is a sweetheart and helping me every once in a while with that. But seriously, I just need to get my act together and be better about working it and figuring out like, the pressure to use and actually like putting it together is the hardest part. It sounds stupid. I know it's a personal problem, but I hate putting that little piece of machine back together. Me and machines just don't get along very well.
0: Uh, no, I, I totally get it. Uh, I actually have thought about using an airbrush and then gone. I got to clean it afterwards. I'll just use a brush. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, it's worth the the painting four super thin layers to get the same coverage as one airbrush shot, as long as I don't have to clean the damn thing. Yeah. You know, I, I, I totally get it. And and a, and a lot of people start with the Patriot 105. It's a very good workhorse brush. Um, but I, I actually switched back to, uh, aerosols. Um, and I know it's probably going to give me cancer and die, but I, I switched over to using the Mr. Hobbies surface or primers from a can. They're better than I could have ever done with an airbrush. For me, I'm like, holy crap! And especially, uh, I use it a lot when I'm painting metal miniatures, um, mm-hmm. because a lot of times, uh, like even like Reaper and Dark Sword, kind of have. Sometimes they get pitted a little bit. Per- this stuff is amazing. I, I know it's it, it's definitely something that you know that that'll probably cause me to finish losing my hair or something along those lines. But I think it's worth. I wor- rattle can. Yeah, I are do. you rattle I, can?
1: I either like if it's bus or something like my competition piece that mm-hmm. I've done before. I brush, I hand brush, primed it, like mm-hmm. totally did that. But metal miniatures and terrain, um, I always rattle can that. I mm-hmm. I don't care. I think it looks great, and I use um like either automotive primer or um the. Uh, What is it? Uh, Uncle Adam really turned me on to the Camouflage. Um, I think it's from Krylon. Mm -hmm. And it has a little bit of a texture to it. It's very matte, but it has a little bit of a texture. But I like that because it looks really gritty when it comes to terrain. Mm -hmm. So, and I usually get that in like brown or green. And it's really nice.
0: That's interesting. I didn't know that it had a a little bit of texture. That's kind of cool, actually. I have to consider because that's a lot cheaper than any hobby can primer you know know. I've used
1: the Citadel can primer before that was the one that I bought first and I liked it I think it's a great primer but I think for what you get out of the can versus the price um I just go straight for the like standard Krylon or Rust-Oleum or something like that
0: yeah, and the the price is just so exorbitant. I mean, even though like things like army painter and Vallejo sprays are cheaper, there's still I mean, fourteen bucks for a can versus you know Walmart two ninety nine, right? You know, yeah. And so it's yeah, I, I I totally get it. Um, so um, airbrush is an area that you uh, want to work on uh, and do more of. Um, is there anything else in your painting uh, that you look at and want to improve on? More like I don't want to say. I hate saying critique yourself, but kind of like what, what are things that you want to work on as far as your painting techniques or placement of lights, et cetera, how I can keep rambling. I apologize. (laughs) I'll let you speak now.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm a queen of rambling. I got it. Um, I think like, and the word critique I know is very sensitive for some people, but Mm -hmm. as working in, you know, um, the commercial arts for so long, critique was like I'm used to getting my work like tear to shreds because you know if this isn't what the client wants they will tell you you mm-hmm. like I handle critique pretty well so I will I will tear myself to shreds and I feel like to me ooh I mean yeah I'm definitely working on the non-metallic metal that I want to improve there are some techniques that I feel like making certain things smoother. Would be nice to learn and the airbrush and getting those qualities. But at the same time, I've also kind of just accepted like brush strokes. I love them. <laughs> Bless you. <coughs> Bless you. <laughs> um, I love.
0: I'm so sorry. <laughs> <kind of aside. laughs> sorry. I,
1: I love just like being more. I'm trying to add more of the artistic side than to making something look flawless you know so experimenting pushing my art in different ways is something I would like and to get better at and maybe kit bashing is really fun I love doing I would love to push that and try to create more um, weird and funky things Mm -hmm.
0: do you see yourself ever venturing into the world of sculpting
1: um yes and no Mm -hmm. I I would not like to sculpt a complete model, but I love building. I'm currently working on a kind of secret project, but a bit of dioramas. I love creating sets and scenes, and I'm pushing myself to create something bigger than I ever have before, and that plays into basing and all of that. So... Um sculpting little bits in here like I've scenery, I've done green stuff work, um I've created, you know, little mushrooms and stuff like that or added face features and onto a model I could do, but I don't like just starting from scratch with just clay. That I really appreciate people who do that. I love watching it. I would love painting their stuff. There's a fantastic artist named C. Not Bush that I have been watching for years. And he was actually sculpting a space marine not too long ago. But um, his work is amazing. <laughs> My dog is just not letting up. I don't know what's going
0: on. <laughs> There's probably a squirrel outside mocking the mocking your dog <laughs> it's all good if if it's not one thing it's another in this world you know what I mean so I'm not worried about it
1: I don't know what her deal is okay.
0: yeah, and so where where I live, I have a house right- be- like there's a pipe stem house right behind me, and I guess when we bought the house, we kind of didn't realize how close they were until we actually lived here and we were like looking out like that's their dining room we're watching them eat you know like and we can totally see them uh but there's been times i've been doing uh interviews where the guy will go right basically right behind me with the leaf blower (laughs) like or uh, there was a period of time where about six months almost every week that they had construction workers and then the one the one of the running jokes we have is that in every construction group there's one singer and it, you know, you, you notice it's true. It is a true thing. There's one. There, there's always somebody on top of a roof when they're working. There's ten people, and one of them is singing at the top of their lungs. And you're like, "Dude, <laughs> so you have some and some I lovely." It's always lovely too. I you know I, I I have some lovely Spanish love ballads that have been recorded in the middle of interviews behind me, and then. Um, I'm pretty sure we had somebody singing in German at one point I was like that's interesting that's new um, And so this is when I need to interview exactly. someone like Roman or Trevarian when we have somebody singing in German in background uh, good ambiance music um okay so kind of talked about sculpting um let's see where do I want to go next ah so um, kind of along that same vein um, I usually do this question or, uh, later in the interview but I'm gonna do it now because it fits. Um, are there models or figures out there that haven't been made yet that you would be interested in seeing? I used to say the Silverhawks, but now somebody's doing those and I was able to paint one for ReaperCon. Um, but now I say Dark Tower series, uh, Stephen King, I'd love to see like the Gunslinger, somebody do the Gunslinger, et cetera. Is there something like that, that you want to see?
1: Um, in the beginning, I believe I got this question when I first started out in the hobby and then they made it, which was the labyrinth models.
0: Yes. And those I, were incredible. I
1: wanted them, but I didn't want to pay the shipping on the Kickstarter, so I didn't <sighs> I passed yeah. on it because the models themselves were like, oh, I could pay that. And then the shipping was like crazy. Um I really wish that like I just hated that outside of the United States, international and other and like um I know in Germany, I just shipped a package to a friend and it cost me like $45 and it was just a small little box. So it's insane the cost of things. But yeah, I'm a big like 80s fantasy movie buff. Nice. So I'm happy they made those. I think like there's so many models out there that are cool and can be tailored to that style. But I'm going to go wacky and say that I would really like to paint some of the characters from the last unicorn.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. That, uh, you know, that's a new one and that's awesome. Yeah. I thought, I thought for a second there, I'm like, she's going to go secret in no <laughs> <laughs> so Like else. the
1: raging fire bull would be cool. The yes. harpy, the unicorn itself mm-hmm. is really cool and unique the style that it's right. done in so yeah the, the lady the creepy old lady would be <laughs> nice yeah i think there's some cool sculpts mm-hmm. in there that could be done
0: okay so now here uh you are going to pick up something to paint for fun uh what would it be uh a larger scale bust or tabletop
1: Ooh, for fun mm-hmm. um That's that's actually a tough question because I do both like and I think I space them out a lot where I like to do um, if I do a larger bus, then I want to take I want to take some time on some tabletop for a while, you know, and then I'll go back to doing that. I think if I'm experimenting and doing something for fun, I would prefer it to probably be a larger scale model because you have more room to play And sometimes, especially on like tabletop models and GW, there's a lot of bells and whistles on there and Mm -hmm. it can take away from just um, throwing paint on and having too much fun unless you're speed painting or, you know, you Mm -hmm. don't care that much. So I think having a bust and I love painting skin or a beast. I love creatures. I might be a weirdo, but I absolutely love painting fur. Nice. So, something like that would be fun.
0: Now, what when you say painting fur, uh I hate to call it this way, but freehand fur or pre-textured fur. Both.
1: Both. And okay. when I do fur, I've done um Uh, it's the same way like I even when the fur is sculpted in there I will also do line work on top of that and add those extra details because Mm -hmm. I'm a masochist and I love doing line work so I will spend literally like I don't know I'm doing feathers right now and they could very easily be dry brushed but instead I'm doing every little line on that feather for each feather and I probably spent about I don't know, five hours on one wing alone on one side right now. And I find that therapeutic and I love it.
0: (laughs) Sure. No, I'm a glazer. And so I can sit there and put 40 layers of glazes on a thing and it doesn't affect me. Now, granted, I'm a slow ass painter, but um, (laughs) which is another reason not to be a commission painter because I'm super slow. Um, Would you be willing to be the victim of a lightning round?
1: (laughs) How that is, as long as you are the willing to be the victim of my crazy shenanigans
0: <laughs> excellent excellent uh crazier the better um which is funny my uh youngest uh just auditioned for her middle school play for frozen and so mm. we've had to listen to every single frozen song now i love the musical don't get me wrong but if i have to hear love is an open door one more time and the cra- you know all the crazy craziest- yeah <laughs> I'm sitting there at ReaverCon, like, like the dev's like, what are you saying? And my my friend dev's like, oh, dude, don't ask. It's stuck in my head. I can't get rid of it. (laughs) All right. So the lightning round. First question. Are you a brush licker? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I've gotten more and more outnumbered. Go ahead. (laughs) I have
1: an emote in my channel that's literally a brush lick emote. And yes, it's a running joke. And I, and I full on embrace it.
0: So since you sort of already hinted at this, but we'll find out the true question a true answer. Do you actually clean your paintbrushes?
1: Not as well as I should. Um <laughs> after every paint session. No, I probably should. Um I take better care of my sables than I do of the synthetics, but I like I said I beat the hell out of my synthetics. So I rinse them really well, but um I probably clean them maybe once a week. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. And so you already answered when our other one was TMM or NMM. So that's an easy one. I'll throw that. So non-metallic or true metallic metal?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, quick tabletop painting. I always go regular true metallic metal. But when I'm trying to paint something nice and, and all of that, I'll, I'll push myself for non-metallic metal, even though I don't totally like doing it.
0: And so this may be one that you don't have an answer to because you may not be familiar with work with work but uh, um everybody constantly says that they're influenced by Frenchetta and so I always like to throw out Frenchetta or Vallejo uh
1: yeah I don't I don't know like are we just talking the paints then
0: no, no, no! Oh, uh, right. Boris Vallejo, the artist. Oh, uh,
1: oh okay. Because I was like, when I say Vallejo, like I don't. Uh, sorry. I just think of the paints, and I'm like, wait, now I'm confused with this question.
0: No, no, no! Uh, the uh, vacation poster. Uh, he did the, the the you know the silly vacation poster, etc.
1: Yeah, I'm terrible with names. That's I'm okay. Even, I'm not even going to try to pretend like I know.
0: Fair, that's why we don't do this live. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> this <laughs> and is then one Are you, one. you talking about Frank? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I love his work. I am. I am very familiar with his work. Oh, nice. So nice. I'm gonna choose him. <laughs> All right.
0: Not fair. See, uh, uh, there, there's another artist named Will Hahn and I who are trying to. Revitalize the world of Vallejo because, uh, like, he's so forgotten compared to Franchetta in the miniature painting world. We're like, come on, we need to get back to some Vallejo. And every time you turn around, somebody's got a Kickstarter for another version of Death Dealer.
1: Oh. You know,
0: like, I mean, how many Death Dealers do you oh. actually? need? Um, well,
1: I'm a, yeah, like, I'm a I'm a fantasy girl and like dark fantasy yeah. and all that style and gritty. So oh, no. yeah, I'm gonna lean towards that way.
0: All right. Well, then I, I'm going to throw one that's not anything about that, but Star Wars or Star Trek?
1: Um, so I'm going to go Star Wars because growing up um, – I was introduced to Star Wars. My dad was a fan. Uh, I saw the little Ewoks when I was a kid and I fell in mm-hmm. love and I've seen all the movies. Um, we're not going to talk about the new ones because I have feelings, but uh, <laughs> Trek, I have no problem with. I love the newer movies. I've watched the movies. I just never watched the show or was mm-hmm. introduced to it.
0: Okay. DC or Marvel? Marvel. Mm-hmm. And I have to, this is a personal question because this is one of my favorite shows. Have you watched Moon Knight?
1: I haven't, though. Oh,
0: okay. Moon Knight, I'm going to strongly, strongly suggest you put that at the top of your viewing list because uh, it's very different and it may be the best costumes Marvel's done, um, including like random characters that just have a costume. You're like, damn, they put, spent some time on that. <laughs> you know? So, anyways, per, a personal bias. But, that's kind of all I do for the lightning round. Just kind of throw some funny questions out there to people pick people's brains. Uh, um, And so thank you for, for doing that. Um, So uh, we're almost at about the hour mark. And so I'm going to throw out our kind of our standard closing question, which is our motto is better, braver, happier painters. And uh, I was hoping that you might have some parting advice for our listeners as they continue their hobby journeys.
1: Um yeah, I I like that by the way too. I um I tend to always end like my streams with be excellent to yourselves and others and while that isn't totally hobby related, but um I think it kind of is. I think just like I tell people, you know, get out of your comfort zone and try something new. And I, I always say that, whether you like it or not. So when I started, I said, I'm not going to paint Space Marines. They don't really appeal to me. And guess what? I painted a Space Marine. I didn't think it was so bad. I painted another one. Now, all of a sudden, I like Space Marines. So I think that you should be like, well, maybe I don't like, you know, painting Kingdom Death or I don't like painting pretty models. I always tell someone, try it because you never know what you're going to like. Try something different. Try a different paint. Try a different brush. Get out of your comfort zone. You can go back to your comfort zone. That's fine. But sometimes you'll try things and you'll surprise yourself.
0: That's awesome. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, our, our original motto, which we figured was kind of way too negative, was uh, we suck at painting, so you don't have to. Um,
1: <laughs> but it is funny.
0: Right. <laughs> And actually it's going to be on the back of our t-shirts like they suck at painting. So you don't have to um, when we can never get our asses around to having Um, (laughs) t-shirts. Hobby ADHD. Um, So why don't um, you tell our listeners uh, where they can find you? And I know uh, you're a streamer, so make sure you tell us your times as well.
1: Yeah, so um, I am on almost all the social media, and unfortunately, Zambies was taken a lot of them. So it's usually Zambies decays or Zambi underscore decays. Um, Instagram, you can see my work. I have a Twitter. I'm not super active on there. A little bit here and there. I I don't know if I'm too old. I don't get Twitter that much. Um, (laughs) I I feel your pain. Yeah. TikTok (laughs) is hobby and just random chaos and fun things to let loose. So if you want to follow more of my hobby content, um, I stream on Twitch at Zambies Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, starting at 11 um, central time, which I think is like five in the British summertime somewhere around there. And then I sometimes stream Sundays on YouTube. Uh, I am working on hopefully getting content out there in the fall. So I will be on YouTube at uh, Zambies. So you can see me there. I think I covered Patreon. Them. Oh yeah. And I have a Patreon. I'm so bad at um, advertising <laughs> my Patreon, but I am Zambies on there.
0: Nice. Well, thank you so much for being on and uh, sharing your journey. Hopefully, this t- you're, we're not making you late for your stream.
1: Uh, yeah, I set it back a little late for this. That's okay. why I asked if you wanted to do a little early. So mm-hmm. um, I'll make it there eventually.
0: <laughs> well, we appreciate you spending your time with us today. I- I'm sure our listeners are really going to uh, enjoy hearing your hobby story.
1: And my dog. <laughs> I don't know what her problem is today. <laughs>
0: Dan and I would like to thank Zambies for joining us today. We really enjoyed listening to her hobby journey, and thank you so much for spending that time with us. Of course, all her links will be in the show notes, and as you heard, she's on Instagram, Facebook, and on us as a patreon and so check out zambi's work you'll enjoy it and again thank you so much for spending time with us today you can follow us on instagram facebook and youtube at listening to paint dry you can also follow us on twitter at dry listening please drop us an email at listening to paint dry at gmail.com tell us what you're working on uh, if you have any ideas for a show that you want to hear or just in general to say hi we'd love to hear from you like subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts and if you could leave us a five-star review we'd greatly appreciate it that will help get uh, the podcast some notice and just remember no matter what your background in art you can always strive to become a better braver happier painter until next time listening to paint dry with mike and dan is a production of LTPTWMD. all rights reserved no portion of this recording may be used without the express written consent of the host the music is death by a thousand questions by springtide Download from the Free Music Archive on a non-commercial attribution share-alike basis. All views and opinions expressed in the show are solely the views and opinions of the person who said them. All celebrity voices, if any, were impersonated and done so poorly.